Steelers podcast, and it's the Friday edition because we're going to be getting you ready for football weekend. I'm Chris Carter with my friend and co-host Dale Lolly. Dale, how you doing, man, on this wonderful Friday? I'm doing good, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing great. I am very excited for this weekend of football. Lots of games to get to. Pitt's got a ranked game on the weekend. It's gonna. There's a lot of action going on. Uh, we're we got. We're gonna talk about the latest Steelers news leading into in this first segment. Second segment, we're gonna we're gonna go through all of our picks for Week Three. Then in the final segment, you're gonna get my Showtime segment where I break down specific matchups and give out my predicted game balls. All right, now, Dale, gotta ask. The practice report coming from Thursday seemed like it was mostly positive. David DeCastro still alive, uh, but Juju Smith-Schuster didn't practice. But you say you think he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you can typically tell whether a guy's going to play or not based on you know how he acts, how he participates in practice, even if he's not practicing. Uh, is he looking at the play cards? You know, each time they go through a of specific play and those kind of things. Is he is he on the sidelines? Is he in the huddle? Where's he at? Uh, for Juju, uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem based on what I saw and what I've seen the first two days. Uh, it looks like he is. Uh, you know, I, I think it looks like he's he's going to play. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, they're they're resting that that knee issue that he's having. He had the same thing last week. He came out and played, so I don't expect that to be an issue. Certainly would be huge to have have their full assortment on offense here. Um, you know, if David David DeCastro, all reports seem well. You know, we know that he practiced, uh, you know, on Wednesday, and he guess he practiced again on Thursday. Does it seem like that the, the Steelers are finally getting back their Pro Bowl guard and, and that things might start to gel back to normal for this offensive line? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they made it through the, these first two games. Um, I, I can't say unscathed because they did lose Zach Banner and then Stefan Wisniewski for at least uh, – Wisniewski will be for about a month. Uh, but getting the Castro back will provide them with some more depth. I know some people say, well, why don't they just play Kevin Dotson at, uh, at left guard and, and move Filer back to right tackle? Acting like Chooks Okorafor didn't play well in the first game uh, or in the second game, that, that's ridiculous. They're not going to do that. Filer hasn't taken a single snap at right tackle this entire uh, season. Hasn't taken a snap at right tackle since last season, in fact. Um, why would you make that move if you don't have to? You don't change two positions uh, to fix one or anything like that. And it's not like they have to fix anything right now. I think their offensive line will be just fine with uh, DeCastro coming back. And see, that's the funny thing is that that's the kind of stuff that you hear from fans all across the from fans fans of other franchises oh do this make this crazy move it's like whoa 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 nothing wrong with Matt Filer now Shakuma Korfor acquitted himself well I think that it, with David DeCastro back let's see how this offensive line works as it's supposed to and let the rookie learn behind the other guys and then if he needs to fill in again then he fills in again but you know this is like when I, someone on Twitter you know back even before the season started was like oh the Steelers could have gotten the Cowboys front with Everson Griffin and Alden Smith and Gerald De McCoy for the same amount of money that they're paying Bud Dupree. Well, now uh, Gerald McCoy's gone and the Cowboys defensive front is a joke uh, outside of uh, what uh, Lawrence. Um, but uh, you know, I, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, come on, you know, like why, why do people still do these things where they're like, let's, let's mix everything up and not just 
believe like like the Steelers know what they're doing. They've been doing this for quite some time. It's not like they're just swinging blindly at an offensive lineman here. Yeah, and continuity is the king, especially in this uh, you know season with with uh, you know a lack of practices in the preseason and those kind of things. You know, again with, with Dotson, Dotson missed a week of training camp practices as well. Um, you know, yes, he went out and performed. Uh, just fine in that in that opener but you know that doesn't mean that that's that's going to be the case week in and week out the more tape people get on him the more tape that they would have to figure out what he does not do well uh, why expose him to to situations that you don't need to at this point let him sit let him learn you've, you've got guys who are veteran players ready to play let them play I agree with that you also wrote an interesting story on Tyson Alulu, the Steelers are starting nose tackle now and also basically their first guy they call up for interior defensive lineman work uh, to give Hayward and Tua a break. Uh, he, he's played very well. He had a sack in the last game. He's looked very well. You talked about how his pass rush, his pass rush win rate is, is uh, 29%, and uh, it's the best in the league tied with Malik Jackson of the Eagles. Um, you know, what, what's your take on what's kind of stepped him up for this year for the Steelers? Because, you know, before he was always, always a serviceable guy, but now it seems like he's really making some plays, especially early. Yeah, I think he's obviously benefiting from the guys around him to a large degree, but he's also taking advantage of that. Uh, you know, when you're on the field, you know, he played well last year when he was subbing for Stephon Tuitt a lot of times, um, you know, was certainly a, a solid player in that respect. Uh, but he seems to have taken things to another level. And when he's on the field as the nose tackle, uh, he's got two it on one side of him, Hayward on the other, and then Dupree and Watt on the outside. Who are you going to pay the most attention to? It's certainly not going to be Tyson Alualu, and he's gotten, right. he's gotten some good matchups here in the first two weeks. Last week it was a rookie center uh, that he was able to take advantage of. And, and, you know, I think that bodes well for him. You know, when he can win those kind of battles, uh, win those one-on-ones like that and dominate, uh, you know, the plays when – when he gets those kind of matchups, it, it helps the rest of the defense out tremendously. No, you're right. Uh, you know, that, that, that when they can kind of rely on a guy like that, I think that's huge. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I think it, it's, it says a lot, too, about the fact that they were able to, to, to have him step up where they were expecting Javon Hargrave, you know, a lot, well, a lot of people were expecting Javon Hargrave to be a, a loss of him to be a huge hit. And uh, Hargrave, well, right now his cap number is only at 3.4. Next year, that's going to jump up to $15.2 million for the Eagles, whereas Tyson Alulu, he's sitting around 3.6. He's, he's not going to be a heavy price tag for the Steelers. Yeah, and, you know, he's 33. They do have to look down the road to figure that out, but uh, they'll, figure, they'll figure that out down the road. They'll, they'll worry about this season first and then, you know, the rest of it after the season's over. Right. I think that's a totally reasonable spot there. Uh, and with the defensive line and, and, and now they're, they're get continuing to build that that chemistry. I mean, we already were talking about the entire offseason and training camp, how the front four was going to be dangerous. But now, you can, again, you can rotate an extra guy in there. You can see all the extra talent that's there. I think that there's that it's it says something else. I mean, I also, you've also saw a flash of Isaiah Bugs getting thrown in there, I believe. Uh, and uh, and the defensive front. Uh, get getting after it. It seems like there there actually is. You know, a lot of people are saying there's going to be no depth on defense. We've seen good glimpses of Alex Highsmith. We've seen good glimpses of Alualu and good glimpses of uh, um, uh, the uh, Isaiah Bugs and Chris Warmley's been filling in there. It, it seems like depth might be filling out. Now it's still very early, and they played two teams with mediocre offensive lines, but still, I think that's a very good showing early on. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, let's face it, uh, there are a lot of bad offensive lines in the league. You don't apologize for uh, who you play. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, it's picks time. We'll get into that. This. Here on the DK Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter, my friend and co-host Dale Lolly. It's time to make our picks for the weekend. Now, last week, Dale took a lead of one game after the uh, the Vikings lost to the Colts. Uh, and uh, even though I, there's some discrepancy about who picked who there, uh, but uh, we get we, we digress into this week's picks. Dale... Leading off with an NFC matchup, 2-0 versus 0-2. Chicago Bears are coming to town on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons had that heartbreaking loss, giving up an, another huge lead to the Cowboys last week. Do you say they, do you see they respond, or does Mitch Trubisky go 3-0? Uh, teams that aren't uh, shouldn't be 3-0 don't typically get to 3-0. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. I think they're, they're too good to go 0-3, so I think that balances itself out. I'm actually going with you there because the bad luck, I mean, just I feel like some, the, the way that that football spun on the onside kick, I'm just like, man, y'all just had some, some, some rough stuff going on here. But I, I agree with you. I'm not a Mitch Trubisky believer. Uh, I really like what Calvin Ridley's doing, even if Julio, Julio Jones' hamstring uh, doesn't work out for that game. I, I think the Falcons should have enough firepower to force uh, Mitch Trubisky's hand into some mistakes. Uh, we move right along to an uh, interconference matchup. And to what may be, uh, you know, considered a game of the week, uh, it's the Rams at the Bills here. You know, before the season, I, I would have easily said Bills with how they're playing, with, with how, the, you know, I like the way that they're built. But the Rams have really impressed me by the way they played football. I'm going with the Rams on the road going West Coast to East Coast here. I know that's normally not what we do here. But I really think that Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey and company are going to be some problems. Yeah, I think they will as well. Uh, one thing to watch is that the Rams special teams have not been very good this season. Uh, but I think the Rams win this game, uh, especially if the uh, Bills inside linebackers are out again this week as they were last. Agreed there. So we got the, we got the, we got the same picks in the first two games moving right along. We've got the Washington football team, still weird saying that, against the Cleveland Browns. The Browns at home. Both teams are one and one. Uh, the, the Washington, they won the first week, lost the second. Browns got smoked the first week, bounced back against Cincinnati last week. Dale, who do you think asserts themselves to get a winning record this week? Well, the Browns are going to have trouble with Washington's pass rush. Their front four is really good. And, of course, uh, that's led by Chase Young, the top pick in the draft – or the not the top pick in the draft, the second pick in the draft. Yes. Uh, very good football player. But I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns in this game. I'm with you there. They're, I think that they started to discover their, that their running game is more important than they've given it credit for with Kareem Hunt and Nick, and Nick Chubb. Whoever one of them gets loose, I think that's the thing. Uh, but, yeah, Chase Young, he's the current leader with sacks with T.J. Watt with two and a half on the season. Um, you know, he, he's looked really impressive. But I also, again, I think that running game is going to negate a lot of things and allow Cleveland to be a little bit comfortable at home. They go to a two and one record there. Moving right along, we've got – 
uh, you know, AFC South versus NFC North again. It's the Titans at the Vikings. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. I'm not falling for the Vikings stuff this time. I'm going Titans, Dale. Yeah, the Titans have not been super impressive either in their first two games, but they've won them both. Uh, but I don't know that that's going to matter against the Vikings. I think the Vikings are awful. They've got issues all over the place. Uh, I'm going with the Titans in this one. The Vikings are what I thought the Jaguars would be. You know, like I just the way it, like they're, they're decimated. The Jaguars are putting up a fight every week. So that that that's another thing. So we agree there. Uh, moving right along, uh, we got the Raiders who pulled off a huge upset over the Saints last week. Now they're playing the Patriots and Cam Newton. They're going to New England, West Coast to East Coast. Well, not really West Coast, but you know what I'm saying. They're still Pacific time zones sometimes. Vegas is actually weird with that. But anyways, point is Raiders at Patriots. Who you got? Well, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I don't expect the, uh, I don't expect the Raiders to travel real well here. I don't think the Patriots are a great football team, but I think that they'll have enough to beat the Raiders in this game. Did you make that saying up? I've never heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I Actually, I really like the way the Patriots competed against the Seahawks. I thought the Seahawks would win that by more and not, and not let it come down to a final play. Um, so, uh, you know, so because of that, even though the Raiders did pull off an upset, I do think that, the, that Bill Belichick's going to be able to focus on Darren Waller, take that away a little bit better um, than, uh, than the Saints did. And uh, you'll see you'll see a little bit harder of a time for Derek Carr, but I also think Cam Newton he's going to be getting busy on you. I think he's going to have a better showing than Drew Brees did last week. Uh, they look like they know what they're doing. So I'm going Patriots at home, um, moving right along with an NFC matchup. One on one, hurt up Niners at the Giants. More West Coast to East Coast here. The Niners are all hurt up, but the Giants are also missing Saquon Barkley. I've been back and forth on this. I, I've been struggling, you know, because I'm looking at all the backups they got. I still just feel like the Niners will have enough. They still got Fred Wagner on defense. Yes, Bosa's gone. Yes, Sherman's gone. Uh, Mostert's been hurt, and they got a lot of other things to figure out. Um, and they're worried about that Meadowland uh, turf that they've got there. But I, I still just think the Giants, they don't have enough to pull this out, especially without Barkley now. I'm going to go against you on this one. I'm going to take the home team. Okay. Uh, I think I think the, uh, the 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 49ers are all banged up. They didn't go back to the West Coast. They actually went down and and, and worked out in West Virginia this week. Interesting. But I, I still think that the missing who they're missing in this game. I mean, if you look at their defense, it's been decimated. Uh, I don't I don't expect George Kittle to play either. Uh, and they're going to be starting their backup quarterback. I think Daniel Jones gets it done in this one. Interesting stuff there. Our first split, he takes the Giants at home. Now for a battle of the bums, or, well, at least the guys that are bums right now. 0-2 at 0-2, Bengals at Eagles. The Bengals came close in week one, didn't really get back into the fight in week two. Eagles have been uh, – they've been a huge disappointment so far. Who gets their first win here? Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, you know, the <laughs> Bengals have – have lost their two games by a combined eight points. I still think that they have to learn how to win uh, in the NFL, uh, particularly the young quarterback. Uh, you know, the Eagles are starting to get a little bit healthier. I think they win this game. Yeah, I have to think the Eagles are going to be able to pull this out. I've gone back and forth and thinking that the Bengals receivers might be able to put up some numbers, but, but I just, the Bengals are still, they have so much else to put together. 
The Eagles have to get a win. This is desperate mode for them. The Bengals, they knew this was going to be a rough year. The Eagles were supposed to be competing for an NFC title this NFC East title this year. And, uh, and they still can. I mean, the Cowboys haven't really asserted themselves. No one's asserted themselves in the NFC East. But if they go 0-3, it makes it that much harder. And it allows the Cowboys, we'll get to their game later, to establish a big lead. Um, saving the Steelers game for last, we'll skip over them. Jets at Colts. Uh, Jets 0-2 at Colts 1-1. I'm going with the Colts. The Jets are just garbage juice. Yeah, the Jets are the worst team in football. Adam Gase may, uh, doesn't get out of October with that job. They're terrible. They lose this one. I don't know how he got how he got out of last October, um, even though he was just hired. It's just I don't I don't like what the Jets have. Anyways, moving along, we're in our four o'clock games here. Zero and two Panthers at one and one Chargers. Uh, Chargers who uh, have some self inflicted wounds, literally, with their doctor puncturing Tyrod Taylor's lung. But you saw some Justin Herbert last week. Looks like he might play again. Play, he might play again this week. Who do you have in this matchup? Uh, I got I got the Chargers. They're at home. The Panthers, I just don't believe in them yet. Chargers still have their defense and their and that secondary that has all those cornerbacks. I think that's going to be enough to put them over the top, especially without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, the Panthers have given up like six rushing touchdowns in the first two weeks. They they can't stop anybody running the ball. Uh, I think the Chargers uh, go much the same kind of game plan they had last week and pound the ball away, get Justin Herbert his first win. All right there, Justin Herbert getting his first win there. Now we have an 0-2 out of 2-0 team, so I know how you're pretty much going to pick here. It's the Lions at the Cardinals. Cardinals started off 2-0. They're red hot. Kyler Murray looking good in the first couple games. I think he keeps his role here, Dale, but what say you? Yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals in this one. Can't pick the Lions. Yeah, same here. Um, Next game, 425 kickoff. Buccaneers travel to mile high where the Broncos meet them. They're 0-2 at home. They need a win in the competitive NFC West. But the, but the Buccaneers also, you know, they got, they got to make sure that they keep pace. They got a break with the Saints losing in week two so they can tie them up after losing them in week one. Uh, who do you got in this game? Do you think Tom Brady gets his second win as a Buccaneer? I do. I think their defense will dominate. Um, you know, they've had a week now to look at Jeff Driscoll as a quarterback, which the Steelers didn't get a chance to do. Uh, and and uh, they'll get an opportunity to get all over him. Uh, I think the uh, the Broncos lose again. Yeah, I'm with you there, Buccaneers. I just think that they got too much talent on both sides of the ball to miss. Um, I, I also think that their receivers are going to eat on the Broncos' secondary. Uh, another potential game of the week here. We got a few actually. Well, I mean, the, the real game of the week is the last one that we'll get to here before we get to the Steelers game. But there's a lot of really good matchups here. One on one Cowboys at two and O Seahawks. Cowboys. Needed a huge comeback last week to come back and get their first win, win of the season. They head to the Seahawks, who are coming off a big win against the Patriots. I got Russell Wilson, man. Until he proves me wrong, I'm picking this guy unless there's another team that I like more. Uh, the Cowboys are talented, but I just think the Seahawks got too much for them. This is a bad matchup for Seattle. Uh, they, they don't play pass defense very well. They don't rush the passer very well. As long as Dallas doesn't fumble the ball away about six times like they did last week, I'm taking the Cowboys here. All right, so now we have two official splits here. We've got uh, – I have the Seahawks, you have the Cowboys. What was our other one here? Uh, you, have the, you have the Giants, I have the Niners. All right, so we got some, we got some key games. All right, that's what I want to see. Okay, okay. Next one, Sunday night football. Typically this would be another game of the week, but this is Packers at Saints. Packers 2-0, Saints 1-1 coming off a loss. The, Saint, the Saints rally in New Orleans – and get a big win, or does Aaron Rodgers keep rolling? 
You know, Rodgers is playing well right now. They're running the football really well. Their defense hasn't been quite up to snuff, but you know what? I think that, uh, you know, both both quarterbacks without their uh, number one receiving targets, it looks like Devontae Adams may not play in this game, but I think Rodgers is better right now than Breeze, and I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers too soon because I saw the Saints offense last week and just saw how many times they really had to get kind of desperate to get some completions for Breeze. I think Rodgers slings the ball a lot better for, for the Packers, and that's what puts them over the top. So I'm going with you there with the Packers. But now what is, you know, the national game of the week that everybody will have their eyes tuned into? 2-0 Chiefs at 2-0 Ravens. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this on Monday night. I want to get all of our podcasting done before this game happens so I can watch this game and not be interrupted. As much as I like you, Dale, I don't like you that much. Uh, we're going with – I'm going with the Chiefs here. I think Patrick Mahomes got something for him. Yes, they're missing Sammy Watkins. But I think that the Ravens, they've been on a run. But I think that they're going to run into some troubles with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Patrick Mahomes throwing it up to Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game in the month of September. Now, it's only been a couple of years. And Lamar Jackson is 0-2 against the Chiefs. I think both of those streaks end. I think the Ravens win this one. <gasps> We have three key games this week. Oh, this is the good stuff. I like it. There definitely will be a winner this week. All right, all right, all right. The Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, so there's a, we have three splits there. Um, and we'll be watching some Monday night football. All right, final one here. Texans at Steelers, our game of the week. Texans 0-2, Steelers 2-0. Not just, not just the game, not just the, the winner, but give us a final score and how you think this plays out. Well, I think, you know, the, the Texans are a desperate team. Uh, you know, I think we saw the same kind of desperation out of the Steelers last year when they went to, uh, they went to, to San Francisco and, and they ended up losing the game, but they played pretty well. Um, I expect the, the Steelers to get the, the Houston Texans best shot this, uh, this, this week, uh, but I've got the Steelers winning this one uh, 24-21. Solid, solid. I also have the Steelers winning. I had it 27-19. I think it's a little messy there, but uh, I think they pull ahead in the, late in the third and then uh, and then establish a, a good lead in the middle of the fourth quarter. Then some, Deshaun Watson works some magic. He'll get some huge play to get them within eight points, but then they don't get the ball back and the Steelers offense finally closes out a game so the defense doesn't have to do it. 27-19 for the Steelers. So after all our picks, we got three key games to watch. Uh, I have the Chiefs, you have the Ravens, I have the Seahawks, you have the Cowboys, I have the Niners, you have the Giants. These looks like some interesting matchups here, buddy. We're going we gonna to have some trash to talk this weekend. Yeah, I'll have a four-game lead on you by the end of this week. Yeah, yeah. I can't, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. You, you think you're going to have a four-game <laughs> lead, but you're not. Insurmountable. Insurmountable. Listen, listen, buddy. You're talking to the comeback king here, man. I would, I would, I wouldn't talk talk like that to me. Remember, you know, you know what happens. You know why people are comeback kings because they stink early. That's why. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it don't matter how you start. Dude. I don't have to be a comeback king because I lead from the beginning. That well, so okay. Let's let's set this straight. When you first came here and did the whole picks thing, who, who was the picks champion of the entire? The entire team. Uh, it was me. Uh, yeah, it was me. It was me. It was. Me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, here we go. He doesn't know what he's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take that. Um. Anyways, 
Dale, this has been fun. I'll be talking my trash after I have a victory all through the weekend. And then we'll be, I'll be able to talk even more trash after the, the Chiefs decimate the Ravens. But uh, thanks, buddy, for coming on the show. After this break, it's showtime. See you then. Right, Steeler fans, it's showtime, the time where I get you ready for the game. So normally, we're giving our, our, our things here about what we can expect here, what we can expect there, the stories, the, 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 the headlines, all those things. Now I'm talking to you as Steeler fans. How can the Steelers win this game? What are the best ways for them to win this game? I've spoken a little bit about Dale. We talked about our picks and everything. But I'm going to give you my predictions here on what's the biggest points of the game and where the three game balls go to that I will give on Monday after the game for Monday's episode. So let's start off. First of all, biggest matchups in this game, of course, Steelers, de Steelers defensive front versus the Texans offensive line. We've talked about that ad nauseum. But how about this? The Steelers cornerbacks against the Texans, uh, the, the Texans wide receivers. The Texans went and grabbed pieces to try and collectively replace DeAndre Hopkins. But none of these guys are DeAndre Hopkins. Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Mike Hilton, those three guys got to lock it down. They got to keep Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Will Fuller from making the big plays. Take away their big play opportunities. Force Deshaun Watson to go towards the middle of the field. Next part, when you get to that middle of the field, you're gonna have to, to dominate. It's gonna be the it's gonna be Devin, excuse me, Devin Bush, Terrell Edmonds, and Micah Fitzpatrick reading the eyes of Deshaun Watson, taking away his running backs, taking away his tight ends, forcing him to have to be accurate into those passes to those receivers down the field. Those two things happen. You take away the easy throws that Deshaun Watson normally would think he would have. You take away the, the you know the, to his receivers. You take away the underneath options that he might th think are more comfortable to his tight ends and his running back. And also with Devin Bush, especially, you take away those rushing lanes where he uses to uh, to to escape the pocket and maybe win with his legs and on his own. You do that, you're gonna force Deshaun Watson to hold on to that ball longer, and that's when the Steelers defense will be at its best because then that pass rush kicks into high gear, and then it's sack time, baby. The NFL they can continue leading the NFL in sacks and make it the and, and on their way to becoming the fourth year in a row of leading the NFL in that stat category. Next thing, offense, the Steelers. Offensive line has to kick some serious butt. They got to get back. David, David DeCastro's back. I know it's going to be a lot to ask and say, hey, David, I know you ain't practiced all training camp and, and you missed the past two weeks, but they need you, bruh. They need you to get back out there, get this run game going. They need another 100-yard rushing performance and not one of those rushing performances where Benny Stale gets 30 yards in the end or James Conner gets 50 yards in the end. And a 30-yard run is cool, but if there's one of those, that 30 yards is going to make it closer to 140 or 150 yards. They need to consistently run the ball 
ball on these guys, and that will allow the passing game to open up more. Randy Feekner really looks like to me that he's trying to find where the strength is in the Steelers' run game. What can he depend on as a play call? Can I run the dive? Can I run the power? Can I run the counter? Can I run the sweep? Whatever he wants to call, he's going to try and figure out what that key play is because they don't know yet. This is James Connors. This is Benny Snell. This is an offensive line that's for you know working together. This is the third time, the third new offensive line for the third week in a row for the Steelers. They're going to try and find that mojo. The offensive line has to find find ways to win those battles by any means necessary. And then, of course, Ben Roethlisberger being efficient with the football. That's what I've loved about him in the first two weeks. He's been getting rid of the ball. He's you know He had one bad pass against the Broncos, but by and large, he's avoided making the huge mistakes that cost the Steelers games. He's, he avoids sticking on to receivers for too long. He's had that even distribution. We talked about this earlier in the week. Two touchdowns to Juju, one to Deontay, one to Washington, one to Claypool. All five of his touchdowns seem evenly spread. Keep that going. Involve the tight ends at, at, you know, at, at some point. But make it so that there's at no point the Texans and their safety and Justin Reed and their guy in Zach Cunningham, that their guys can lock on to you and say, oh, he's loving Juju, or he's loving Johnson, or he's loving Ebron. And then that will make them have to play on their heels. They'll have to stick to their own things, and that's going to allow you to, uh, to assert yourself in the game. You set the terms of engagement. You are the ones determining how the pace of this, of this game goes offensively. That's where Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to assert himself. And, hey, again, receivers, when you get the ball, you got to make it count. Deontay Johnson, I think, can really bust loose on some plays on these guys, take some of those catches. He has the most missed, forced missed tackles of any wide receiver through two weeks of, of this NFL season. That's huge. I think that, that that if he's able to make that happen a couple times and maybe break open one big play, this offense could get a lot going. Maybe Chase Claypool hits another deep touchdown. Maybe James Washington powers his way through. Either way, use that diverse for diversely talented wide receiver group. So now it's time for on Showtime for the predicted game balls. Game ball number one. I'm saying it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to have a three touchdown game himself. He's going to be moving the ball down the field. He's going to avoid all the turnovers and that's going to be what asserts the, the, the offense in this game and opens up the ground game a little bit more. I think he hits a couple deep plays. He hits a couple short plays that might break loose on the Texans and that's what starts to cripple them a little bit. But Ben Roethlisberger, this is going to be a really good game for him. This can be the statement game that everyone that's like, hey, these are the Texans, yeah, they're 0-2, but that's Deshaun Watson over there, and I just got, I just outplayed him. That's going to be the first time that you can, see, you can say, hey, I outplayed another Pro Bowl type of quarterback, because Daniel Jones, eh, Jeff, uh, Drew, Drew Locke and Jeff Driscoll, eh, Deshaun Watson, you can't say eh to him, even though the Texans are 0-2 right now. So, we got Ben Roethlisberger with my first game ball. Second game ball is going... I keep going back and forth in this, but I think this is Deontay Johnson week. I think that he gets loose. I think that he breaks loose on some people. I know he's been dealing with a toe injury, but I think that he's going to cut loose on them, but make some people miss. He might even have a punt return touchdown in this game, but he is dangerous. I think he's been slowly putting it together. This is the week when you see some of the more of those targets really work out. You see some chemistry from him and Ben. He benefits from Ben the most in this game. He'll lead the Steelers in receiving yards and touches and or, or sorry, yards and catches. And I think he'll the, the, you'll, you'll see another even kill spread uh, of, of touchdowns in this game you're gonna you're gonna see him with a touchdown I think you're gonna see Juju with a touchdown and I think this is the week you see James Conner catch a touchdown out of the backfield as well you're gonna see him in this game do, doing that my third and final game ball ugh, I want to say so many people on the defense 
I want to say TJ Watt. I want to say Bud Dupree. I want to say Cam Hayward. But I think that this is the game where we see Minka Fitzpatrick really come come back and start to make some plays. He really struggled last week, but Minka Fitzpatrick's always shown himself. When he struggles one week, he bounces back strong. That was the case in Alabama, Miami, and in Pittsburgh. He's going he's gonna to work. He saw his horse collar. He saw his pass interference last week against the Broncos. He's not going to let that stand. When the Steelers' defense, they start pressuring Deshaun Watson. He tries to make some plays. He's going to have to throw up some, some prayers. He's going to have to throw some risky passes. This is the time when, when Mika Fitzpatrick gets his first interception, but I think he's going to get multiple turnovers in this game, and maybe both won't be interceptions. One might be a forced fumble or a recovered fumble, but Mika Fitzpatrick is going to get that third game ball because this is the time he reminds everyone, hey, this is why I was a first-team pro, all say all pro, first-team all-pro safety last year. Those are your game balls that I'm predicting. Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, and Micah Fitzpatrick. This has been Showtime here on the DK Steelers Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this week's programming here on the show. I enjoyed doing it. It's a lot of fun. We're having a great time here. Thanks to Dale for all his picks. He stinks, though. I'm going to beat him down in these picks. And, hey, the next time I say I got a bit going with with what he's picking, and I know I picked the opposite thing, work with me here. I'm looking at you, John. You blew it on Twitter. Anyways. Thanks for listening to the show. This has been the D Steelers Podcast. Uh, please subscribe. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. We also got got a need needs your help. Get us five star reviews with positive comments. Those all the shows. The DK the DK Daily Shot, the DK Pirates Pod, the DK Steelers Pod, Noah's No Doubters, where he's going to be gambling. That'll be on on your way soon. The Fantasy Insider Podcast we do. We also have. Uh, we, we also have Noah's Down Memory Lane, which had a huge re- revealing uh, a show, show last week with Carl Krauser. He, he, he revealed that he said he played with players that shaved points at the University of Pittsburgh's basketball program in the early 2000s. That was a huge thing. What does Noah have planned this week? Find out this Saturday. He's got another great show planned for you. I'm Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com. Have a great weekend. Be back in your ears on Monday.